Hey everyone, coming up is part two of Jerry Feliz's interview with Echobatics founder, Gary Bartos. Echobatics vision, purpose, and drive. How does this make you feel? Like, the, one of my favorite questions is, with, um, I don't know if you've ever heard anybody ask those questions, like what's your yeah. favorite feeling? Right, right. Um, I, I love that question. But how does, so how does this make you feel? How does this work? How does it resonate with, with, with your mind, your soul, your spirit? Like, how does that, how does it affect you personally? It keeps all of me busy. And I'm not saying that to say, oh, I'm, you know, constantly running around. It's not that. It's the notion that, you know, I talk to a lot of people about what they do for a living, what kind of work they like to do, what their hobbies are. And one of the things that comes up a lot is how do you combine all of these interests? There's so many things that people can do today. Um, in some cases, there are limitations because of accessibility, which we're working on, but you know, we talk to younger people in particular, and they say, well, I'm not sure what to do. Um, I'm good at this. I like doing this. I might like doing this other thing. And I feel pulled all these different ways. So I tell them, it's like, well, find that intersection, find something you're good at. Maybe there's another thing that you're good at. That's very different. And I say, pick two random examples. And I'll actually want to ask you this. Um, <laughs> you may have ended up here yourself the same way. It's like, pick two things that either you're good at, or that just keep drawing you back. And then mix in a hobby. And the intersection of that is a very, very specific kind of work. And if you do that work, it's not that you're going to find a job with any of a hundred different companies or that you're going to find dozens of different organizations doing that. You're going to find a few, but they're going to be so excited to find you in turn that this is really, I think not for everybody, but for a lot of people, I think this is the right path. So for me, it was to get back to my earlier point of how did I get here when you asked me that question is there was just my engineering background. It happens. My dad was a serious amateur semi-professional photographer um, and still is. And so I grew up around cameras. I grew up thinking about taking pictures and all that. I got into that as a career. I guess it wasn't really coincidence. And at the same time, even as a young child, I thought, I don't know exactly how I thought of it as a child, but now I put it in these terms. It's like, wh why can't everybody do the same things? You know, for example, I could play baseball or really baseball with a tennis ball. So it was a little slower up to a certain age. And then when the other kids started coming into their growth and started throwing the ball faster and stuff, I, I couldn't, I really couldn't keep up. I couldn't play anymore. Why not? Why, why can't I play this game that virtually everyone I know in my neighborhood is playing why can't I do this? Why am I having trouble doing this? So I mix those things together. The result effectively is Echobatics uh, with our principles and with the things we're developing. And I don't know, It's a, there's no single word that describes how it feels to me. I could say satisfying, but that's just one example of it. Um, for me, it's very important to keep my mind busy because the thing I like to do is solve problems. Um, and I call them problems in the engineering sense, like, hey, here's a thing to solve, not like, oh, here's a, you know, a, a something that went wrong. Um, so I like to solve problems. I like to see problems and I want them to be big problems because when you pick a big problem, like a lack of accessibility worldwide, <laughs> you can work on this for a long time. There's more and more to find. There's more and more to do. You're never going to be done. Um, you know, if you're working on it, it's just one organization, maybe when a bunch of organizations jump in. But 
Um, that way we know, for instance, in the company, we're going to be working on point and speak for years to come. We're going to take that same technology and port it to different devices. We're going to use it in different contexts. Um, we don't see a limit to that. And when you set a really distant goal, and I'm including things like a blind gymnast going through a routine, a really, really distant goal. And then you work backwards and say, well, what would be halfway there? What would be a quarter way there? What would be these individual steps? You break it down and you realize like, hey, we need an app. This is going to get us started to goals like this. Um, then you have interesting work to do all the time. It's hard work, but it's as long as you're not trying to develop something too far ahead, it's just possible to do it. So you're constantly busy. You're constantly working on something you know needs to be done. And, you know, you, you still have your good days and bad days, as anybody does. But over time, and this is important, over time, you realize, like, I'm doing a thing that I chose, but that also kind of chose me. So it, you, you feel this balance. Yeah. And I guess that's what I would say is it's a very good balance um, knowing that I have certain experience and interests and there is, you know, uh, um, a gap or two or three that my team and I identified out in the world and we're bringing those things together. So it's as satisfying as, I don't know, making something with your hands or um, meeting a friend who completes you. It's a very similar feeling, whatever that feeling may be. Um, so, you know, how can, um, how, how, so let me ask three questions here. So, um, how can people get involved? Um, uh, how it actually, first of all, how is the, how has sort of the testing gone? If people yeah. didn't want to get involved in the testing part. And I think lastly, like, when do you think, uh, you'll have the last release? Sure. So, um, the way people have been testing so far is we have, the point and speak beta app in test flight for iOS. So you can reach out to us um, via our website, echobatics.com, for example, has a, a link um, to one of our emails that we monitor. Um, and I'll spell it out. It's E-C-H-O-B as in Bravo, A-T as in Thomas, I-X.com, echo as in this, the, you know, things bouncing off of other things, sound, uh, bat as an animal, B-A-T, and then I-X, echo, bat, ix.com. So they can reach out that way. Uh, you can email uh, our marketing and operations coordinator, Mia Correa. So her email address is Mia, M-I-A, at echobatics.com. You can reach out to me directly as well, Gary, G-A-R-Y, at echobatics.com. And we're also on Twitter, at Echobatics, Facebook page. So if you just remember Echobatics or Point and Speak and Google that, one way or another, you'll find us, reach out to us. It doesn't really matter. And we are looking for people to reach out to us because two things. One, we could not have found this problem to solve, this lack of accessibility, without being in continual contact with the blind and visually impaired community. It's just impossible. As a mostly typically sighted person, I would not have guessed that this was something that was important to solve. So it's by 
over years talking to people and realizing, ah, here's a problem that needs to be solved. So that's what we're looking for. That's what we're always going to be looking for is having conversations with people, emailing, messages, testing our app, telling us what works, telling us what doesn't work. And most importantly, telling us what's the one thing that's going to prevent you from using this regularly and hopefully making your life a bit easier. What's the one thing we need to do? Do we need to add something? Do we need to take something away? Does it need to become simpler? Does it have a major bug? One thing. If we can have people try the app, either in the beta stage or if they want to wait for the public release, um, then we're looking for one bit of feedback. If they want to write a whole novel, that's fine. We'll read it. Um, but um, any way they want to get back to us and uh, there will be a way in the app to provide feedback to us. Um, then we'd love to hear it. If people want to join the uh, uh, list of beta testers, that would be great. Uh, it's a little bit, there are a few more steps to use test flight than say, just download an app from the app store, but people can also wait until the public release. I'm hoping to release, let's say definitely before the end of the year. And I'm really hoping to release um, September, October timeframe. Uh, we did find out in our final go around, there was additional feature that people wanted. It made sense. And so I'm actually adding something to the app that wasn't there before. It isn't in the beta right now. So we will probably have one or two additional beta releases um, and then release publicly. Um, so that that's, that's uh, pushed us back a, a little bit, but um, we're planning on releasing it soon-ish. Well, Gary, uh, thanks so much for your time. Is there anything else that you, any last thought that you had, anything you want to share or or say? Um, I guess one more thing is that having conversations like this are important. And it's not just to get the word out about technology or the fact that you know so many people in the field and you're connecting all of these pieces to everyday users, but... I think it's important that sighted people and people who are considering getting into assistive technology, people who are just interested in it, understand more about what the real wants and needs are of the blind and visually impaired community. Because we, we counter this a lot, is that some engineers will get really excited and say, hey, we have this great idea for technology. And they start talking about it. You think, oh man, <laughs> people have done this a hundred times. No one actually wants, for instance, a cane that has all kinds of devices attached to it. It just doesn't work. Please don't develop that. And then they oftentimes go and do it anyways. But it's important for two reasons, I think, for people in the blind and visually impaired community and people who are sighted to learn about assistive technology is one, to understand one, that this technology is needed because of the way that the world has been built inaccessibly, two, to make it clear what the gaps are. And three, I think to normalize things, like everybody is the same. Everybody should be treated the same. And that means in order for everybody to be treated the same, it's like, hey, collectively, we should be making technology that it's going to ensure that people all can do the same things. Like, you know, I didn't build these headphones. You know, you didn't build this computer. Why do we, you know, deserve to use them? Well, I think... The way we should really think of this is, again, tech equity. Everybody should be able to use everything. I, I consider this a right. Um, Tim Cook, head of Apple, <laughs> thinks the same way. So when we think about our principles, 
and we think how do we how do we ensure that people can get what they deserve and what is their right well some of it includes just we have to get the word out and so that's why i think you know having this series is really important and i'm i'm so happy to be doing this cuz this was really needed quite desperately so um i guess the last thing i'll say is i wish you continued luck uh, you're going to have a i think a long train of people who are going to want to talk to you about what they're doing and and i hope this long train of people you know realize hey i just watched another one of jerry's interviews i want to talk to them let's start working together so again, so we can continue to provide technology so that everyone can go about their day, do their everyday things, and it just becomes kind of invisible. Just a bunch of tools you're using. You're doing the same things as everyone else. That's what everyone deserves. So you had asked me earlier um, that you wanted to ask me the question uh, that I had asked you. Yes. Um, so one of the things, and, and I thank you for sharing your passion. Um, it comes out very clearly, oh, thanks. Uh, which is really encouraging uh so for me one of the things i i really love to do um i was asked this in an interview once mm-hmm. um one of the things i love to do is take it's by way of metaphor yeah take someone who's in a place of darkness and bring them into light right or illumination or um just so the light bulb goes on yeah so that they could see opportunity and possibility and those are some of the things that, that drive me and maybe it's kind of uh, serendipitous or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. uh, so I guess this found me as much as I found it, you know, so um, and I've done that in teaching for years. And so uh, it's it's nice to see someone of like mine, but you're an actual inventor. So it's great, you know, that you're it would actually implement uh, I can implement principles. You're implementing yep. these ideas and making them tangible uh, resources for people. Well, they uh, go together, don't they? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so yeah, they do. They do. With, with without a network of people working together, these things aren't possible. And so you know, it's like if I make a shovel, who cares unless someone needs a shovel or unless someone can train someone else how to use that shovel and how you can use it for this and that. You can use it in your garden. You can, you know dig a hole with it so it it, all of these interrelations are all important um you need to find out what motivates you and and then find out you know how that relates to what motivates other people yeah and uh, these are things that these are things that companies um i hope uh, and it sounds like you have partnerships which is great um from our conversations, um, yeah. place the appropriate value because uh, it's when people see that things need to be valued that you know um, real change can take effect um, and uh, the appropriate influence uh, to make those things actually come to fruition. So, yeah. Um, uh, thanks again, Gary, awesome. so much for your time. Uh, and once again, uh, you want to give people the uh, the website. And any content information? Sure. So, again, the, probably the easiest way is just Google Acrobatics, E-C-H-O-B-A-T-I-X. That will take you to our website, acrobatics.com. On the website, you can find contact information. You can contact me directly. So my name is Gary, G as in gorilla, A-R-Y, at acrobatics.com. Gary Bartos is my full name. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my colleague Mia, Mia Correa, 
has the email address Mia, M-I-A, at echobatics.com. You can also find us on Twitter, at Echobatics. And we also have an Echobatics Facebook page. So long story short, spell the company name reasonably correctly, and I think it'll get you to us. And um, for that matter, if you can't find us, and if you know Jerry, if it's not too much of a burden on him, he can <laughs> connect you to us too. Uh, not, you know. not at all, not at all. Yeah. Happy to do so. For more information, please contact Echobatics at Echobatics on Twitter, E-C-H-O-B-A-T-I-X on Twitter. Please go to their Facebook, www.echobatics.facebook.com for their Facebook page. We'd like to thank Gary Bartos and Echobatics for being a part of today's episode. For more information, please contact Jerry Feliz, Access Technology Director, phone number 857-443-6636, email jfeliz at mapcommunity.org. Thank you so much.